trust in you. Family, I ask for your prayers today. This has been a challenging week as my family and I wrap our minds around the fact that my father, the grandfather of my children, has gone on to be with the Lord 10 months on Thursday. As we wrap our minds around July 18th, vastly approaching, it's been a rough week. So I ask you all to give me grace and to pray that the Holy Spirit comes and does what the Holy Spirit does. Not in spite of my grief, but in the very midst of my grief. Our word today comes from the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, the book of Acts, right before, right after the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And I'll be reading verses 6 through 14 from the Good News translation. And it reads, when the apostles met together with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time give the kingdom back to Israel? Jesus said to them, the times and occasions are set by my father's own authority, and it is not for you to know when they will be. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up to heaven, and as they watched him, a cloud hid him from their sight. They still had their eyes fixed on the sky as he went away, when two men dressed in white suddenly stood beside them and said, Galileans, why are you standing there looking up at the sky? This Jesus who, has, who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you saw him go to heaven. Then the disciples went back to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which was about half a mile away from the city. They entered the city and went up to the room where they were staying. Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Patriot, and Judas, son of James. They gathered fervently to pray as a group, together with the women and with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Verses 7 and 8, Jesus said to them, the times and occasions are set by my Father's own authority. It is not for you to know when they will be. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For this time that I have has been allotted to me, I want to come from the subject, when the unexpected happens. When the unexpected happens. Let's pray. Holy One, we come before you now just to say thank you. And God is preaching time. So, Lord, I ask you to come into this vessel so that your name will be glorified, your people will be edified, and the enemy and the systems will be terrified. We ask all of this in your awesome power through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and through that name that is above every name, that precious 
name of Jesus, we say amen and amen and amen. In my short time of being a father, I have learned one thing, to expect the unexpected. Everything that I expect JoJo to do, even now in this short time that she's been here, she does the exact opposite of what I ask. And my suspicion is, since James is also my child, when he comes of age, he will do the exact opposite of what I say. I expect JoJo to stop when I tell her to stop. What does JoJo do? Look at me like I'm crazy and keep doing what she's doing. I expect JoJo to not climb up the stairs. What does JoJo do? Pull a MacGyver and somehow move the gate to still climb up the stairs. I expect her to eat all of her food. And what does JoJo do? Flip it when she sees green beans because she hates them. So if there's anything that I know for certain as a parent, is that I have to expect the unexpected. But not only do I see this in parenthood, I also see this as my role as a special educator. I know for a fact that part of my job is to expect the unexpected. And everything that you could possibly imagine a child with special needs may do, I've probably seen it and then some. But even then, some of my students have surprised me in ways that I would have never imagined. Prime example, I have one student who, for some reason this school year, has became obsessed with me. And one day last week, we were, they were doing work, and we're able to monitor what they're doing on, in CMS with our Chrome, with our devices. And so I just so happened to look at hers while at the same time she's saying, Mr. Cobbins is fancy. Come to find out, she had typed my name in Google, found my LinkedIn, took my picture from my LinkedIn, bookmarked it, and just sitting there admiring my picture. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. Now, I know I'm not the only person in the audience and in the virtual sanctuary that has had to deal with the unexpected. Whether it's something as lighthearted as a student finding your picture on the internet to something as serious as losing your job after you've made a large purchase, the unexpected happens in our lives. We expect schools to give our children quality education only to be unexpectedly disappointed that districts care more about numbers than about children and their academic growth. We expect cities to offer its citizens equitable housing but then are unexpectedly disappointed in the growing number of people that are homeless through gingifying areas in the city. We expect this country to have the citizens' best interests at heart, and yet we are unexpectedly disappointed in the obsession with abolishing theories that aren't even in public schools and policing people's bodies and trying to expel representatives while all they're trying to do is speak truth to power while at the same time trying to get a madman back in office as president. Even in churches, y'all, we are unexpectedly disappointed that churches have become more like the oppressor, keeping people withered and failing instead of helping them to flourish and thrive. The reality is, family, that many of us have expected plans. Many of us have things that we want to happen, things that we expect to happen, but then we are unexpectedly disappointed. And our world is rocked. Is that anyone in the audience today? Anyone that has struggled with the unexpected things in life? 
This is where the disciples are at the very beginning of Acts. Jesus shows the disciples who he is in all the other gospels. Now Jesus is the resurrected Christ. Now he is the son of the living God. Now he is the promised Messiah, the great I am. They finally see who Jesus is. I don't know about you, but I know the Bible readers know that Jesus' mission the entire time is to try to get to see, to show the disciples who he is. Failure after failure, hard head after hard head, finally, now, they see Jesus for who he is. And because they see this, this excitement and anticipation of who Jesus is, they know the scriptures enough to know that, that Jesus will fulfill the prophecies right before their eyes. They finally get to see the Messiah in all his glory, take his place as king of Israel, and restore the kingdom back to its former glory. Every entity that has oppressed them will be overthrown, and Israel will finally be once again free and at the top. This is why you see in their excitement, they say, Lord, will you at this time give the kingdom back to Israel? Lord, will you finally do what the book says that you are going to do? Lord, we see who you are. Are you finally going to bring us out of this mess? That's what they expected. But then the unexpected happens. Jesus tells them that's none of their business. And they have no authority to know the answer to that question. And it will only occur when God decides to do it. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd imagine that the disciples were hurt by this statement. They've been waiting. Israel has been waiting for centuries on end for him to come and do what the book says he was going to do. And then to add insult to injury, Jesus ups and leaves. He's like, yep, that ain't going to happen today. Peace. Goes on up to heaven. So I can imagine just the further disappointment that not only are you not going to establish the kingdom now, but now you leave us? But Jesus, before he leaves, promises them power from the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. So they go back to Jerusalem into the upper room where they have been saying and prayer, praying fervently because now they realize that even though what has happened was not what they expected, something greater than they could ever imagine is about to happen. They are at the precipice of something indescribable. So family, this morning, much like the disciples, many of us have encountered unexpected disappointments in our lives. I don't have to name them because you know them, but let's be honest, we hate what has transpired and we wish we would have never encountered those disappointments at all. It may dim our light as a result of this disappointment, but when this occurs, because it is going to happen, y'all, when this occurs, however, the scripture tells us that God is preparing to turn our unexpected disappointments into unexpected miracles. Let me say that one more time. God is preparing y'all to turn our unexpected disappointments into unexpected miracles. The good news for us family is that while we have to go through these disappointments, we can stand in awe of God. Because what was once a disappointment is about to turn around and be a miracle. So now, beloved, as we sit in this moment, waiting, expecting this unexpected miracle, we need to posture ourselves in such a way that makes us receptive to it, despite of in the very midst of our disappointment. This text shows us three moves that must occur in order for us to be ready for God's unexpected miracles. The first thing we need to do is wait. Jesus tells us in verse 8, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
the language that Jesus is using here gives us a sense of waiting. He does not say that the Holy Spirit is going to come right there at that moment, but the Spirit is coming. Jesus tells them in the Gospel of Luke to go back and stay in Jerusalem and wait there until the Holy Spirit comes so that they can receive the power so they go back to this place, to the same place, to the same city where Jesus was killed, to the same city where persecution and immediate danger was waiting for them. Jesus tells them to go back there and wait for the Holy Spirit. Family, how often has God told us when we're waiting for our unexpected miracle to go back and wait in the place of persecution? where people have judged us, ostracized us, and placed us in harm's way. This is where Jesus is telling them and us to go back. This is why Jesus, and then I, 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 wonder, I wonder why would Jesus send the disciples back to such a place, knowing that the establishment wants their heads, knowing that they are in imminent danger, knowing if anyone knows that they are a follower of Christ, that they will die. Why would God tell us, y'all, to go back to a place that has done nothing but give us hell day in and day out? Why would God ask us to go back to a place like that that has caused us so much pain and so much turmoil? Why would God ask us to go back to that place to receive the power? Could it be that God and Jesus is telling them and us to go back to this place? Because it is not only the place that wants to kill us, but it's also the place of our very liberation. Not only is it the place of our persecution, but it's the place that's going to set us free. This place was where Jesus was killed, but it was also the same city where he was resurrected. What I'm saying, y'all, is that sometimes God makes us go back to those places where they, where they thought they beat us, where they thought they had won, where they thought they were the only ones that could use the place. But the une with unexpected disappointments, but to show the world of God's unexpected miracles. Let me say that one more time. God tells us to go to those places because those are the places where they thought they won. Those are the places they thought they had beaten us. Those are the places they thought they had did it all. But God is going to use our unexpected disappointments to show them and the world an unexpected miracle. But I know it's not easy, y'all, to go back to that place, that place of unexpected disappointment, because we don't want to deal with the drama of going back. This reminds me of a great movie that came out this year or last year, Creed Three. And I'm sorry if you haven't seen the movie, and I may be spoiling it, but I'm sorry. Y'all should know me by now. I do movies in my, in my sermons, so my bad. But in the trailer, we meet Damien, who was considered by Creed to be a brother, and they went through the trenches together, and they were almost locked up together. But Damien takes the rap, and now we see that he comes back after a very long bid in jail, wanting Creed's help to get back into the boxing, into the boxing field. And then what happens is Damien pulls a 180, or he was really whoever he really was. And now Creed has to deal with not only this problem, but have to deal with the trauma of Damien coming back into his life, having him to reimagine re those incidences in his head from his childhood. And unfortunately, in this situation, Creed has retired. So now Creed not only has to fight Damien, but he's rusty, y'all. If you've seen the movie, you know how bad he was at the beginning. And at the same time while he's preparing, it's, he has to deal with this trauma, and it has affected his relationships with his wife, his mother, and even with his child. But later we see in the movie Duke, who becomes his trainer, tells him this thing that that I hope speaks to you all today. Duke goes on to say, and I quote, we can't turn back the clock. We can't hide all of your flaws, but we can make them strengths. 
So you see, the reality is while Creed was terrified to go back and deal with this past, in this statement, Duke shows us that sometimes liberation happens when we go back and deal with the drama and the trauma. And before we get to the liberation, before we get to the weight, before we get to the breakthrough, before we get to the chains being broken, we need to wait. And we need to go back in order for us to reap the full joy of the unexpected miracle. We must first wait. Duke is telling us and Jesus is telling us that we must wait. We must not be hasty. We must not rush into it. We just got to go back and wait. And I know that's hard for us. It's hard for us to wait, especially in this microwave, instantaneous society that we live in. But Jesus is telling us that in order for us to get out of unexpected disappointment and walk into unexpected miracles, we have to wait. Verse 8 tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, it can only come first when we wait, we have to wait for the predestined time for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it takes us to our next move. So in order for us to come from unexpected disappointment and to unexpected miracles, we now need to receive. Verse 8 again, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power. You don't know the weight of the power immediately. You aren't able to handle the burden of the power as soon as you step into your waiting season. No, you got to wait first in order to receive the power, because you can only receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit dwells in the disciples. It has to, it has to come upon you, that phrase. It means to apprehend, to save, to overtake, to possess. In order for the disciples to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit has to dwell within them. It has to take residence in them. It has to move in such a way where they work in tandem. This is very reminiscent, y'all, to the Old Testament and how the Spirit of God overcame and took someone, well, took some people over. And it's also reminiscent of the temple and the tabernacle. Can I teach this for a second? Both of these spaces are where the Spirit of God reside. And whenever the tabernacle was set up, because if you recall, Bible readers, the tabernacle was mobile and it moved with the children of Israel. Every time they set it up, God's Spirit would come down and fill the tabernacle with its presence. And when the temple was erected, the Spirit of God would come into the Holy of Holies and the presence and the smoke would fill the temple. This is a stark difference compared to between being overtaken by the spirit of the world and the spirit of God. The way you move and the, the way you act in the world is different from the way that you move and act when the spirit of God resides in you. The spirit of the world, which is for harm, the spirit of God, which is for life. The spirit of the world, which is for destruction. The spirit of God, which is for restoration. The way we move and act is not completely different from the faces of God that we have to reside in. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us to receive the power. I often wonder beloved, in this day and age when people have become more lovers of themselves than keepers of each other, in a day and time when the church is more focused about filling the space with smoke machines 
than from the spirit of the living God. There is a stark difference from what we receive from the world and what we receive from God. What we receive from the world will, will close us up, will clog us up, will stop us up. But what we receive from God opens us up. What we receive from God keeps us from doesn't keep us from going, but allows us to flow so much so that the people are blessed by the overflow of the Holy Spirit, the overflow of the power that the Holy Spirit has given us. We feel and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We are able to sit back and deal with the unexpected disappointments because we know that this is not the end game. We just know that, and we know this is not the last act, but in the midst of it all, in the midst of all the unexpected disappointments, an unexpected miracle is coming. And what it does, it will give us power to do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things, much like the various archetypes of heroes that we see in cinema and in comics and in pop culture that struggle to figure out who they are. Then they have this cataclysmic moment where the pieces just seem to fall into place. And in that moment, when they are expected by the world to crumble, they stand tall. Their resolve gets stronger for some strange reason. Their nerves get calmer for some strange reason. Their shaky hands become steady for some reason. The light that sparks in their eyes lights up. And then they can do unexpected and unimaginable things. So, beloved, I know it's hard to come at times for us to allow the Holy Spirit to come upon us. But just know that the Holy Spirit will give us power. But we must first be opened to the invitation of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is not going to come and force the Holy Spirit self on us. We must remember that the Spirit that the spirit that dwells within us gives us power. When we receive it after the waiting, it tells us that we have agency over ourselves, that what God wants us to do while we are in anticipation of this unexpected miracle. God did not give us the Holy Spirit so that we could just be dead temples. No, God gave us the Holy Spirit, y'all, so we could be living temples, living representations of the very presence and spirit of God. And just like Jesus' death, and with love, the story does not end with the Spirit giving us power. Because now we've waited. Now we have received but in order for us to shift from unexpected disappointments to unexpected miracles, we can't be the same, y'all. We must become. Jesus tells us that after the disciples received the power, the promise that was given to them through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, they will become his witnesses. Before, they were just disciples and apostles. Before, they were just fishermen and people that just walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus. Now, they will become witnesses. Now, with this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, they have been empowered to point to Jesus when they were just walking with Jesus. No longer are they just men and women who are around this great teacher, this prophet, this son of God. No, now they are the reporters of the good news. Jesus is telling them, today you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. They just thought Jesus was going to restore the kingdom back to Israel. No, Jesus is telling them, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, the very place that killed me. In Judea, the country that the, the religious establishment wants to do you in, and Samaria, the place that you have discriminated and ostracized people, and, and the parts of the world that you don't even know, but you will have an opportunity to do so now. Because you will be my witnesses. And one thing we don't realize here is that Jesus actually answers their question. 
He just doesn't answer it in the way that they wanted. They just wanted Jesus to establish the kingdom. Jesus is saying, no, nah, I'm not going to let you go off that easy. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be a participant in the answer to your own prayer. God is telling us, y'all, that if we need to shift from unexpected disappointments into unexpected miracles, we must become witnesses. They had to wrestle with this unexpected disappointment of Jesus not restoring the kingdom back to Israel. But now they are at this moment of unexpected miracle where they are now the mouthpieces ushering in a new kingdom that is not just for Israel but for the entire world. I don't know about you, family, but this is a powerful move of God. That God will use these men and women, some who we know, some who we don't know, and some that we don't even know at all about. And God uses them to bring in this new kingdom that they thought was a disappointment and they thought they would never see. They were disappointed that it wasn't going to be what they thought. But as they wrestled in their unexpected disappointment, God uses them to be a participant in an unexpected miracle. Just like the scene from the 2016 film Hidden Figures, in this scene, the protagonists are shown as essential contributors to the space program. They are gathered around a large table covered with calculations, blueprints, and charts. Each person is deeply engaged, offering their expertise and insights. Their faces display determination and passion as they collaborate, brainstorm, and problem solve. The camera pans across the room, capturing the diverse groups of individuals, women of different ages, races, and backgrounds. This scene emphasizes the importance of their collective effort and highlighted their shared dedication to this meaningful cause. As the camera continues to move, it reveals the larger context an energetic NASA control room with engineers, scientists, and astronauts, all focused on the common goal. This scene represents the participants as vital contributors to an historic mission, underscoring the significance of their involvement and the impact they make through their expertise and dedication. What NASA thought was going to be a unexpected failure turned into an expected miracle. Because if it wasn't for Kathy, y'all, them brothers would not have made it. So much like Kathy and the rest of the scissors and hidden figures, what society thought they were going to be a disappointment, what they thought was going to be a failure, what they thought was going to happen didn't happen. What they thought was going to crash and crumble was them actually being a witness to the unexpected miracles. Family, Jesus is challenging us today to become something different. We have to stop talking about getting, we got to start talking about getting, we've been talking about getting rid of church folks and building up disciples. Well, I want to say that while disciples are necessary and good, God is calling us also to be witnesses, y'all, to the very utmost parts of the world, to show people this unexpected miracle called Jesus. Now we have waited. Now we have received the power. And now we are the witnesses of an unexpected miracle. God is showing us today, family, that when things don't go our way, when our expectations are shut down, when we deal with the failures and disappointments of the unexpected, all we need to do is wait, receive the power, then become witnesses of an unexpected miracle. I don't know what the miracle may be, but I know for a fact, y'all, and we should know that the miracle is going to be greater than anything that we anticipated. We don't know what it may look like. We may not know what it may be, but we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's going to happen. And the reason why we may not think it's happening because we may be thinking small. We may just want to be a good steward of our funds. But the unexpected miracle may be a starting a fund to help a multitude of people 
We are just trying to get a car to get us from point A to point B, but the unexpected miracle may be a car that's going to take us from A all the way down to Z. We may want to just pay the rent for an apartment, but the unexpected miracle may be a house of our own. We may just want to be a teacher, but the unexpected miracle may come as an administrator. We may just want to to start an after-school program with no money, but the unexpected miracle may be a charter school down the road. All I'm trying to say, family, is that we serve a God that does exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. I heard the word say, God will make unexpected mourning into unexpected dancing. I heard the word say that if we wait on the Lord, y'all, in unexpected disappointment, that God will renew our strength in unexpected miracles. I heard the word say, y'all, that we will mount up with wings like an eagle. Unexpected miracles. We're going to run and not be weary. Unexpected miracles. We're going to walk and not faint. Unexpected miracles. I just want to thank God that God allows us to have unexpected disappointments. But God, don't just leave it there. God, take us to unexpected miracles. The thing that we thought was going to be the problem was the solution the entire time. So I just want to thank God. I just want to thank God. I just want to thank God. I just want to thank God for the unexpected disappointments. Sets me up for the unexpected miracles. I just want to thank God that the unexpected no's sets me up for the unexpected yes. I just want to thank God for the unexpected doors closing and the unexpected doors open. I just want to thank God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now. But the doctor gave somebody an unexpected disappointment this week. But I declare and decree your unexpected miracle is coming. That unexpected miracle is coming. That unexpected miracle is coming. I can't, I can't leave that. The unexpected miracle is coming. Thank you, God. 
if we just wait, we'll receive. And when we receive, we will become. There's some of you here who have dealt with unexpected disappointments that have struggled to put the pieces of your life back together. Some of you here are dealing with the trauma of going back and are terrified about going back to that place. But I want to encourage you today that God is waiting for you to give you power. To not just overcome how you feel about the place, but to transform that very place. If this is you, if all eyes were closed right now, if this is you, if you are waiting for an unexpected miracle, if you need Jesus, the unexpected miracle, raise your hand, raise your hand. Those in the virtual audience, you can raise your hand too, because I got something for you later. Amen. Amen. You can open your eyes and give God praise that the Lord is still doing mighty work. Now that some of you have transitioned to an unex and preparing for an unexpected miracle, God wants you to come and be with a church who specializes and operates in the unexpected. Am I right, family? I have seen this church do things that I would have never thought ever any church would do, let alone a black church, if I'm honest. So if this is you, we have a member of our sheepfold ministry who wants to welcome you in, not as a member, but as a partner, because we do the work together. We are the church. This is just the building. We are the church. Hashtag we the church. God is calling you to partner with us to transform this city, this area, this state, and this world. But we need you. We need you. God needs you. So if that's you, we ask you to come up here and shake my hand. If you need prayer, we can pray for you, those in the virtual audience. If you want to partner with us and help us disrupt the system, hashtag FieldMeCLT. Someone will come to you. Someone will love on you and give you the next steps for partnership. If you need prayer, hashtag prayer. Someone will follow up with you and pray down heaven behind the screen. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? You die. You are the risen king. Seated in majesty. Seated in majesty. You are the risen king. Everyone in the place sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have won. You have won the victory. Hallelujah. i
sending your son, but not just that. We thank you, God, that you didn't leave us alone when you called your son back home. We thank you for the, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit in us, God. And now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us to wait so we can receive, so we can transform and become the disruptors you have called us to be. We ask all this in your awesome power through the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit and through that name above every name, Jesus. And now unto him who will keep us from falling and present us faultless before the throne with exceeding joy. The only wise God, our Savior, both glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore, let all those who are waiting for an unexpected miracle say amen, amen, amen. Say it like you mean it. Amen, amen. Act like you're waiting for it. Amen, amen. You're right there at the tip, y'all. Amen, amen. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. Amen, amen, amen. Amen and amen. Before we go in peace, please take a look at our announcements. God bless you and God keep you. We will be back here, virtual family, same Mayfield time, same Mayfield place. in singing and I know we have a huge online audience so if you're online and you're skeptical about coming back because you don't know what to do I've had a couple phone calls this week said I, I want to do something I think I need to get back active in the church well guess what I want y'all to come come over here before y'all go anywhere else come to the music ministry come to the music ministry because I would absolutely love to have you we are um, an every Sunday ministry we sing we pray we lead the people into worship we get the atmosphere set for the word of god so if you can sing and you're interested um and joining the choir i need you to come and i want you to email me i want you to email me m d as in david j j 85 at gmail.com again that's m d jj85 at gmail.com you can email me or you can see anybody that's on the mass choir if you're on the mass choir and you're here today i just want you to raise your hand in the audience so you can stand up and just wave your hand y'all see all these people look around the sanctuary 
You can see any of these people and they will tell you when the next choir rehearsal is. If you can sing and you want to be a part of um, Love, which are which is our young adult ministry, you can see anybody that's here. I think uh, they're up in the choir stand right now, LaKira and Nicole, Sierra, Bethany. You can see any one of those people and they will be happy to assist you. If you want to dance, you can see Sister Katina. I don't know if she's here today or not, but you can see her. Or if anybody on the dance ministry is here, I want you to stand or just wave your hand. Y'all look around, see one of these people that's waving their hands. If you want to be in the AV ministry, you may see Brother Matt. Matt is upstairs right now running our AV, um, our camera and our sound. You can see him. And if his daughter B is upstairs, you can see her. They will give you information on how you can join. So I want to make sure that we give an open invitation to anybody who wants to sing, dance, or be a part of our AV ministry. I need your help. Will you help me? That's all I want to know is will you help me? Help me live Jesus. Okay? I love you guys. I uh, miss you guys this morning. And I will see you next week. Same Mayfield time, same Mayfield place. We are looking for people to add to our virtual production team. Are you interested in video or audio production or have previous experience? If so, we would like you to volunteer and join our ministry. If interested, please contact Julian Sobers at the email below. Hey, Field family. Welcome back into the sanctuary. We are so excited to be back in the building after three years of virtual worship. With that being said, the children's ministry is back in full effect and we are ready to get the ball rolling. Um, as we all know, no ministry is a standalone ministry. It takes partnership to build successful ministries. So if you've been called into this ministry, please feel free to, to reach out to us and ask how we can partner together in building this ministry, um, you can send an email to the Field Children's Church at gmail.com. That's the Field Children's Church at gmail.com. Thank you.